0: Are we, are we good? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: I think we're all good. All right, cool. just cut it out,
0: so. Welcome to J Play, the Playism podcast. My name is Dan Danachandran, and I am going to be <laughs> today's host because uh, because Nyan, excuse me, is off packing because he's flying out tomorrow to go out to San Francisco for PlayStation experience. But we still got a bit of a packed house. Joining us tonight, of course, is myself, Playism Brian, once more at the table. And, and special guest.
1: Bart the guy that always sits in the shadows
0: That's dark. I'm going to call you Batman, but I think I'll go with Bartman for now. Oh, um, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> Do the oh, Batman. Bartman. That takes me back. So yeah, I Nyan's mean, out this week at PlayStation Experience, having a good time, showing Crawler Sigma, which we have coming up as a release in Western territories on PlayStation 4.
2: And just as a quick note to some of our listeners, we received a little bit of feedback through our social media that we had been hiding Crawler, that this was something that we were apparently like sludging away about and not telling anyone. We We have an entire separate page on the Playism website, our publishing page, which lists a lot of our upcoming things that are coming to PlayStation 4 and Vita. We've had Crowler listed there for months now, and we actually have a couple other titles that are already listed up there too. So please don't take it as something that we're trying to squire
0: away and keep
2: in the darkness. We really are trying to keep everyone informed.
0: You forgot to lead with Psych. <laughs>
2: totally got you there.
0: Today we got we got a cool show lined up for you. A lot of like fun uh, new things, some wacky stuff that we've been looking into, researching, just kind of playing around with things, stuff we've been paying attention to. But first, I actually wanted to kind of follow up on on our last show. We talked a little bit about some stuff that, that Nyan and I had been watching, Bojack Horseman yeah. on Netflix. Kind of out of nowhere, at least for me, I, I wasn't, I hadn't been paying attention to the news for this stuff. Jessica Jones came out on Netflix. I mentioned to Bart on the train that I wanted to talk about this show because it's awesome, and the first word. He said to me what well, I hated
1: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say I hate it, I said I didn't like it
0: Oh, well, I heard I hate it. So if you don't know Jessica Jones is a Marvel Comics Netflix original That is based on a Brian Michael Bendis run On the character Alias And the basis for this show is that This character, Jessica Jones Is a private eye She's a super, but not that super She's strong, but she's not like She's not Superman strong She's not even Spider-Man strong She, you know, yeah, she can run fast but her mile is not four seconds it's more like four minutes so yeah that's fast for a human you know yeah she's not quicksilver
2: so is she i'm sorry i hate to jump in here i haven't gotten into the show just yet but i am planning to get to all of the netflix marvel properties as soon as i can Uh uh so is jessica officially a superhero by the mutant caliber or is she just like in really peak physical condition for a human
0: she can't be a mutant because Fox, uh, owns the, the, the word mutants at the moment. Really? Uh, in, in movies at the very least. Like Disney, Marvel cannot use, uh, the word mutants. They cannot use any of the characters that are classified as mutants. Personally, I like, they're, right now they're doing, uh, in humans. Right. You know, this is all a licensing thing. So okay. if uh, if if Fox continues to release movies about mutants or X Men or whatever, uh, then they can hold on to the license. Um, you know, this is one of the reasons that Capcom is not able to make Marvel versus Capcom anymore because they did not, within the right amount of time, release a new game using the the property. So the the licensing reverted back to Disney. No, uh, there are no mutants okay. in the MCU in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yes. It does kind of seem that with with the movie for the Inhumans coming out, when humans are very, very, very similar to to mutants, uh, maybe they're trying to move things in a in a direction that they can use similar types of themes, similar characters, without actually using the words mutant, without without touching on characters like Professor X or or Wolverine. Jessica Jones is not a mutant. Uh, she's a lot closer to uh, Daredevil. Bizarre happenstance forced a new role onto her in life. All right. There was a tragedy. Uh it's in the show, so I won't I won't say what, but there was a, a tragic event that, that awakens uh gifts her with powers. Uh she becomes like super strong. It's mostly it's mostly like strength related things. Like things like have to do with muscles. So speed, jumping, and physical prowess.
1: Okay. I understand. They also exactly explain how she got up those powers, but I, I haven't hit spoiler. that episode yet. It's close to the ending, so yeah, yeah, I'm not going to spoil
0: it. I will I will go ahead and with the uh, the premise of the show, which is stuff that actually happened before this storyline opens up, is that, okay, there's this character who in the comics was called uh, Purple Man. Uh, in the show, he's called Kilgrave. Kilgrave was actually his last name in the comics. Kilgrave has the power to control people. He has, like, mind control. But it's activated by his voice. He has to issue commands, and people follow them extremely specifically, to the point that, like, if he's not specific enough about how he wants things done, then the consequences could be sort of something he doesn't really expect. He discovers Jessica when she is helping somebody out in the show. He's like amazed by her because she's not like anything he's ever seen. He doesn't. He's not even necessarily aware that there are other people with powers. He takes control of her, and uh, the story is about the fallout of like when she awakens from his control, gets her life back. Like I think it's a very powerful story about. It's about it's about serial rapists. It's a very you know, physical and emotional, and and it's um it's something very surprising coming from a from a comedy show if, you, if you're not from already familiar with the, with the storyline.
1: Well, that's one thing that why I told you that I didn't really like the show because mm. as much as the story is really deep and interesting, it's not something that I expected from a Marvel show. Ah. It's something that I would expect from, you know, a psychological drama or something like that, but not from a show that is supposed to have humans with superpowers and stuff like that. It's not this kind of story. That is one of the the reasons I didn't really like the show that much. Like, I probably would like it a lot more if it would be less consistent with one single topic. That is what disappointed me in the movie, that the whole movie was about Kilgrave and Jessica. This probably is the one and single biggest reason
0: Okay. Yeah, actually, I had some thoughts on this, because I was talking to Nayan recently, even though I haven't finished the show. I feel pretty strongly that Daredevil is, in general, a stronger show. And that's not because it has, like, more action or something. The action isn't really what's getting me. It's the themes and the storyline for Jessica Jones. What they're attempting, especially in terms of, like, character development, is very ambitious.
1: It is. Definitely.
0: They're telling, like, a complex story with a character who's been through a lot. It's an emotional story. It's a psychological story. There are a lot of different characters doing a lot of different things, sometimes under their own will, sometimes not. There are a lot of different conditions. They're tackling a lot of, like, really challenging character development. Whereas, compared to uh, Daredevil, for example, Daredevil is a lot more about... It's about morality. It's about, like, especially the moral question of killing. Yeah, Um, I
1: can agree there. I can definitely (coughs) agree there.
0: Right. I think with Daredevil, like, Does he kill or does he not kill? Like, what separates him from Kingpin? He actually gets, like, comes close to breaking his own rules and killing people that he thinks are bad. And, like, killing, for example, killing Kingpin would actually solve all kinds of issues. It would remove a bad influence from the Earth. But so would killing Kilgrave. What's stopping both of these characters is a much more, like, complex question in the case of Jessica Jones. And I feel like because of how complex that is, it's a lot more difficult to write the show to be as tight as uh, as Daredevil was. With Daredevil, I feel like they can focus really hard on Matt struggling with his own demons, struggling against passion, against rage, struggling against what he thinks is right, against his, like, his upbringing and with his, like, Catholic religion. Mm. Whereas with Jack- Jessica Jones, you know, have all these really different feelings that involve, like guilt responsibility to others you know like responsible use of her powers like who is she to decide like there's there's a lot of other like very different feelings that come into play obviously killing Kilgrave is a great solution to this issue like it's gonna save like he's already killed so many people like the longer he's alive, the more damage he can do, and he, he doesn't understand empathy or like remorse. And like he's he's not joker esque in that regard, like but he is sociopathic. He can't understand other people.
1: It just seems like he's just a broken human being. He doesn't really know how to feel because no one ever taught him how to actually act towards other human beings. That's probably the biggest reason like why he's acting as he is. Mm-hmm. And especially because he has the powers he have it gives him the ability to actually do whatever he wants because no one can oppose like no one can oppose him in any way because his one single word will mean that anyone will do whatever he wants
0: right right the fact that his power like comes down to his voice and is is activated through it like that gives them a lot of leeway in the show to place limitations on what he does and what he can do and what options are available to the heroes of the show so they play that out to a really good dramatic effect but in general i kind of feeling like Daredevil even though like it's not for the action sequence that are like action sequences that I like it more, is really more for uh, how tight I feel the story is. Right. It's very focused, it's very tight. The characters, for example, I know that they're all doing different things at any given time, and I know where they are and why. But in Jessica Jones, sometimes I feel like time stops for other characters. In case you guys don't know, this isn't like a big secret. It has Luke Cage in it. Luke Cage plays a a major part in the story. He's gonna be a big part in the the street-level MCU stories that come out from now on. And this is his debut. But there are times when I'm like, what is he doing right now? Like, while all this stuff is going on. I've seen a lot of different stuff. But I haven't seen Luke Cage in a while, and I don't know what he's doing.
1: Luke Cage is the guy that cannot be damaged, right? Like anyhow,
0: technically he has unbreakable skin. So if you were to shoot him, it may break his bones or it could rupture organs or something. But it won't pierce his skin.
1: Yeah, I was just uh, trying to remember the, the character name because, like, I was Luke. I I knew that I remembered the name, but he appears enough in the show to actually. Like being the memory of people, but not really enough to actually play a major role. As at least for me, like that's that's how I felt about him. Like he is there, he has a role, but I don't really know why mm. and what's the reason. In the comics,
0: he has a, a large part to play in a couple of other different stories, including uh, Iron Fist, yeah. which we'll be seeing like before too long. It's another planned Netflix MCU original. He also ends up being uh, Jessica Jones's husband. Oh. oh. Like that's not like a surprise. Like that's just yeah, that's just Wikipedia stuff. That's right just can't. That would explain yeah, a lot canon. of things, though. Yeah, I mean that's that's a big part of the storyline. They've made some changes to their relationship and like their history. I'm not going to say what that is. They've made some changes from the comics. I think they'll probably end up following the main canon where she and he are married on a relationship character to character relationship type level. That's sort of where he does fit in. But like all of them are like street level Marvel, right? They're kind of like in there with Daredevil. So that when you're reading something like I just read a uh, Secret Wars number seven it says the big finality for the Incursions. Uh, Event, and it's the uh, the kickoff all new, all different Marvel. When you're reading something like that, yeah, like Spider-Man and Daredevil and, and Punisher, they're all doing some stuff while the world is ending. But like, it's the big players, obviously, that are, that are doing the really important stuff. Like, you know, it's the Illuminati, it's Stephen Strange and, and uh, yeah, exactly. Black Panther and, and all of them that are like deciding the fate of the world. I really like that
2: term. I really like street-level Marvel. I don't know why. I haven't heard it before this evening, and I think that it really fits the characters, basically their position within the Marvel Universe very well. And I kind of am in love with the fact that that's what Netflix is playing the most into right now, is that they're taking these almost human heroes and really giving them their own time to kind of let the stories play out
0: yeah well i mean it's the exact opposite of what they did with the thor movies right yeah and thor one like the, i actually feel like more of the movie was dedicated to him not being human than to him being an asgardian a big part of the joke is that he's <laughs> like he's this goofy like he is thor on earth and it's, it's hilarious right 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 that's a big part of the joke smashing glasses on the ground and asking for a, for more and you know expecting people to be excited about that right <laughs>
1: You know, because we are Vikings. <laughs> yeah, right. Of course, that's what we do.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's like that's the kind of using the Netflix like TV shows as to handle the opposite end of the spectrum. Right, right. The people who are not gods, the people who would not even be mistaken for gods if uh, if people knew knew what they could do.
2: Though I am looking forward to the inevitable crossover that comes in season four of Orange is the New Black, where we see Kingpin
0: arrive
1: at the wrong <laughs> penitentiary. <laughs> oh, God. I think that'll probably be one of the most hilarious things we could see on Netflix.
0: So yeah, I've I've been really uh, pleasantly surprised. That show kind of snuck up on me. Um, I didn't realize it was coming out and I hadn't read Alias before. So at this point, I only know like what I've seen in the show and what I've seen on some like Wikipedia stuff, but like, I'm really liking it. It's a little closer to horror even, I Mm. would say, than to action as Daredevil is. It's got some good, uh, it's got some good detective work in it. It's got some like some fun, like procedural type stuff. It scratches a lot of different itches. And then yeah, the action stuff, you know, I can I can get that from Daredevil or I'm sure Iron Fist will have plenty of Oh fighting. good lord. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm very sure there will be plenty punching in that.
1: Shit. There's no other way. <laughs> yeah. Like it cannot turn in any other direction honestly.
2: Iron Fist will help out all of the people who are really disappointed with the number of times that Daredevil got beat mercilessly.
0: Oh man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That God. was nice. No, I was I was actually glad for that because he didn't have his armor and nope. the whole time I'm like if only you had armor <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> well i mean that's what he was thinking the whole time like this would be a lot better with
0: armor that was what everyone was thinking the whole time <laughs> if he only had his armor on him like, like he bought all that stuff of like off of ebay or whatever he's right. on the show right like can't you buy kevlar like civilians can buy kevlar as oh as yeah absolutely it. absolutely Just i know he doesn't have a lot of money but like if you're going to spend on something spend on that I mean, he doesn't have a TV.
1: <laughs> not, not, not like he needs one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, anyway, like, I'm, really, I'm really glad with, with the Marvel stuff that's coming out. I'm really, I'm really looking forward to, to Iron Fist and, mm-hmm. and all of that good stuff. Why don't we take a quick break? And when we come back, we can talk about some spooky, spooky games. We'll be right back. Welcome back to J Play. This is Dan again. We have uh, some some pretty cool stuff to talk about. Some pretty spooky
1: stuff. Yes. <laughs> it's almost December second. I should probably go back to my shadows. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: good. Yeah. That's oh, good. Oh, I like oh, that. Oh, oh, spooky. Uh, recently have been talking about like some, some cool horror games in, uh, in the office. And we have one that, that we'll be talking about today that, uh, we, we have coming up for people that is very exciting. And, uh, it's a very cool game. Kind of looking into, to some of this newer stuff had me like finally thinking to myself, man, I really need to get off my butt and play Yume Nikki. Yume Nikki is not necessarily horror. Um, but it has some like, It's a very good environmental, environmental horror aspect and some kind of like just spooky environments and some unsettling imagery. So I played it for the first time the other day and I'm just, I was floored by how good it is. It's, and it's really subtly good. And in the first place I was like, I didn't really under, like I didn't know anything going in i just kind of jumped into it i know it's like i knew it was dark right and i had no idea what the heck kind of game it was um and so i loaded it up and it's funny that like when we were watching cryotics uh let's play just before the show and i thought it was hilarious that his reactions to everything he was doing were exactly the same things that i was thinking when i was playing i'm the kind of person who just tries to do whatever i can before i do the thing that it seems like i have to do Mm. in this case it actually kind of backfired so you start yumaniki in the bedroom it's a very it's a very simple room very japanese uh he thought there were papers lying on the floor but it's zabaton. Zabaton is a combination of the word for pillow and sit it's a it's a pillow that you sit on you've probably seen pictures of those in, or in movies or something like that so it's a very japanese room a couple of zabiton on the ground there's like a, a famicon system basically japanese nes hooked up to the to a crt tv uh there's a bookshelf a bed a desk and that's it and you go to the you go to the balcony and yeah there's a thing to hang up your laundry because people don't have dryers in this country <laughs> god i wish i did
2: that's a different podcast. Uh-huh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and curiously she doesn't have a washing machine.
2: Oh uh, yeah. Hey.
0: Well, wait. maybe maybe she does it at the coin laundry. I have no idea. I don't know how that works. But Why
2: would you do the coin laundry and then bring it back sopping wet <sighs> to your apartment? Maybe she just does it in the sink. <laughs> no, I think we're uncovering even deeper issues with this. Sure, girl. Wait she
0: didn't she actually didn't have a sink in her room either. Wait, what? No 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 no, he's right. He's right. No, there's, there's no sink in there. There's no sink but there's a laundry pole. To be fair, you don't walk through that door that is, it's probably the one towards the outside. So there's a chance that on the other side of that door is going to be, that's going to be where her toilet is. It's probably a room with toilet shower and sink all in the same room. It's really tiny. And it'd have like um, the little alcove for a washing machine. Maybe a little alcove for a washing machine. Probably in that hallway is going to be her one burner stove and yep. a sink and the genkan, the entrance way where you put your shoes and stuff. Okay, um, I've had apartments like that in
1: Japan. I-, I figured it out. Yume Nikki takes place inside of Leo Palace. All right. <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> my Leo Palace was all. But basically, what Dan described to us right now is the basic layout of most Japanese apartments. Right, right. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of places like that <laughs> okay.
0: uh, are in Japan. Um, especially Tokyo. Tokyo is really... The apartment situation is, is crazy.
1: That's why they're so tiny. In this, in this
0: room, there's not a whole lot going on. Uh, I went to the balcony. I checked that out. I'm like, okay. I tried to sweep. I tried to pick <laughs> up the shoes. I tried to do anything. I can't interact with anything. I go back in. I'm like, hey, game system. I'll try that. And it, it lets me play a game. I'm like, oh, sweet it's a game called nasu uh, nasu means eggplant in japanese you play some kind of freakish monster thing egg, an eggplant drops from the sky and i'm like oh sweet and i line myself up under it and the eggplant hits the ground and i get game over so i'm like uh i'm gonna figure this out and i load it up again and i get game over and then i load it up again and uh when i jump i, I noticed this thing opens its mouth so i'm like okay i have to catch these uh these eggplants and so i i catch like two of them and then i get game over I'm like this game's awful and then i remembered like wait a minute there are a lot of like japanese nes games that were terrible there's like no substance to them and they were like not terribly interesting they're not even t- uh, interesting compared to other games that don't necessarily have substance but do have like solid gameplay right right because like just seriously the, the catalog of Japanese games on, on NES is just insane compared to uh, to what we saw like coming out of Japan and
2: oh, oh god absolutely western, like it dwarfs western the western library entirely
1: more or less it does it with every single game console or, or even PCs just going to a game shop in Japan makes your head spin because there's so many things that you've never seen in any other country
0: It's true. Sometimes there's a lot of gems, and sometimes there's not so many. But I've definitely seen games, like, not so different from from Nasu. And it was, like, it was funny (laughs) to see something so familiar, and yet, like, it's obviously not, like, a a system, like, a setup or something, like, or, or a design that, like, I've seen somewhere else. It's just very genuinely one of those filler games that's just, like, there are a lot of on the console. And I'm like, okay... That didn't do much. And then I tried, I tried to sit at the desk and I sat in the chair. I'm like, Oh, cool. And then some music plays. I'm like sitting at the desk. I'm like, Oh, all right. And I hit a button and then it takes me to the save screen. I'm like, Oh, cool. This is the save feature. Then I save. I tried to leave the room because I want to go explore and she shakes her head and I try again. Maybe it'll be different and it's not. I was like, Oh, <laughs> you don't want to leave your room. All right. I'll go to bed and I do. And then you, it, you, you wake up or it teleports you or something to the balcony and you're like, Oh, okay. And you walk into the room. And this like weird music is playing, and you're like, okay, oh my game console is gone. This is like the dream room, huh? All right. So I get in the bed, and I'm like, can you dream in the dream? And she gets in the bed, she's under the covers, and that's it. I'm like, okay. So I get out, and then I get in the chair, and I'm like, all right. And then I try to leave the chair, and then like it like it says in Japanese that I can move around while I'm in the chair, and then for a while, actually, I really regret this because I was scooting around in the chair, and it it slows your movement speed a lot, and like I didn't know that there's no point to it. <laughs> I actually think – I think there's no point to it. I don't actually know. But, like, I was scooting around a lot. I went through the door and found, like, in out, once you go outside, in the dream world at least, there are all these other doors. And there are all these, like, insane nightmare realms you can travel to. And so I explore. I explore and, like, I look around. And you're you're collecting – like, the main part of the gameplay is exploration and collecting by using your action button on these creatures that you find, like, special creatures that you find, something called effects – Oh, okay. Some of them are cosmetic and some of them actually do stuff. So, for example, uh, apparently there's a bicycle that will make you move a little bit faster. But there's also, like, a hat and scarf. And you just kind of put those on and you walk around. Like, I don't think it does anything necessarily. But, like, I don't know and I don't understand a lot yet. I still have a lot to play. So I played for a while and I found this through one of the doors. There was an area where you teleport a lot. And I got lost. So I press nine to pinch myself and wake up and then back in the room again. And I, so I try all, all the things again and I'm like, okay, I can't go outside. Nothing. I can't like study at the desk. No books. Can't sweep the room. I played Nasu again. I'm like, eh, this game's not very fun. I'm like, yeah, I don't really have anything to do. I'm kind of bored. I go back to sleep, go to the nightmare realms, explore some more, do some stuff. I found in the factor two, got stuck, press nine, woke up. I think I, I, I went to go play. Like I skipped all the other stuff. I think I tried the door. She still shook her head. She doesn't want to go outside. Played Nasu one time. Yeah. Okay. This hasn't changed at all. So I go back to sleep. And I do another area. And I wake up again after I pinch myself and wake up. I'm like, I get out of bed. I come straight back to bed. I'm like, I don't even want to be in this room. There's nothing for me here. Sorry, this is a long story, I realize, But there's a reason for that. The thing that really, really struck me, something that really blew me away about this game. Like, this is roughly where I totally fell in love with this game. It was when I realized that without any of the usual elements of an RPG, this game was more... Of a role-playing game than pretty much any of the others that I'd played. Far more than, like, for example, uh, Final Fantasies or something like that. Because I was actually role-playing this character. I found myself, like, in her perspective, like, but from my own perspective. Because there's nothing in her room. There's nothing going on there. If she doesn't want to go outside and there's nothing in, like, she's only got one game and it's not any good. Right. There's nothing going on in her life. And so, like, what's she going to do? She goes to sleep. And then when she wakes up, there's still nothing there. So you just go back to sleep. And it's very, like, accurate in terms of the cycle for depression. Right. You can kind of understand why she's a hikikomori, which is hikikomori is like, it's a shut-in. person who, like, wants to sort of escape reality and just stay home all the time. They don't want to go out uh have like some sort of uh, anti-social feelings they would much prefer to to be home alone to focus on maybe on their hobbies or they might have some kind of like uh, depression or something but I started to understand like her perspective because this night like even though it's a nightmare realm it's the things you're seeing there are really really spooky and really unsettling even though they're not like overtly dangerous despite How unsettling and uncomfortable uh, they are. I wanted to be there because it wasn't my boring apartment. It wasn't my boring life. It wasn't my crappy NES game. It was a place where there is something more interesting waiting for me. And, like, I I was really impressed that the role-playing aspect that that, like, sort of naturally led me into was... I don't know, that it was so subtle and so powerful. Can I just say I'm really
2: glad to uh, basically have you describe some of these elements and uh, your interest in the game. For any of you who may follow Dan on Twitter, he did just arbitrarily tweet the other day that <laughs> he, when he doesn't want to go outside and he only has one bad game... Even nightmares are better than his waking life. And- <laughs> oh, that wasn't
0: actually that wasn't arbitrary. You had to see the the tweet before that that led out with two with three ellipses. That was about this game. Oh Jesus. Okay. No. Maybe I need to go back on my Twitter and be <laughs> yeah. like, Hey, I want to go about you Wait, people- You forget to tweet something. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> you,
2: you doing okay, Dan? <laughs> if we like this post, will you
0: come outside? That's
2: so funny. <laughs> um. I was just like, huh. no, I probably shouldn't say anything. No, you know what? He's dealing with his <laughs> demons. He'll figure this out.
0: <laughs> wow, if you thought that somebody else was a to, it's I was like, there are three tots on at the end of the last one, and like role. I said at the end, I think I said like role playing at its finest or something like that. right. I forgot right, what I said, yeah, but yeah. like. I was like, this gives context. anybody's gonna Anybody who's wondering about this would check my feed no, and see what I said before this. And I guess that was wrong because, whoops.
2: All Twitter said <laughs> when I logged in was, these tweets happened while you were away. Somebody oh, talked about dating sims and DNA Noodle made a cry for help. What do you wish to do? <laughs> Retweet. You did We nothing. are very sorry.
0: Yeah, that's <laughs> right. hilarious. That was the first time ever, and now it's last time, that I have sent multiple tweets about the same topic without tagging at the very end. How many of how many tweets this is? I've never done. I've never not done that before. That's the first time, and now it will be the last. That <laughs> because, is pretty embarrassing. Because yeah. <laughs> that—that's what the standalone
2: looks like. <laughs> No, and what's crazy is that Yume Nikki, longtime time players and followers may be aware that Yume Nikki is one of our seven free titles that exist on the site. And as somebody who constantly checks the database, every so often new people will find our website and they'll come in and they will just make a sweep of all of our free games. We have things like Pox Friend, Pink Hour, Pink Heaven, the Torquel demo, and of course, Yume Nikki always comes up in it. And it's not one that I've given any time to play quite yet myself, but... After seeing a bit of it Both from the let's play And also kind of Hearing your own perspective on it It's something that I really do Want to give Basically a better opportunity to Because it looks Really interesting
0: You want to go ahead And plug the let's play That was really good Like I was having a fun time Watching that
2: Yeah absolutely Absolutely Uh, One of the let's players That we follow uh, Cryotic That's C-R-Y-A-O-T-I-C He's got an amazing Let's play of it It is really funny And it's also It's a well done let's play As he does make choices And decisions That keep you engaged with the video.
0: It's also, like, na- it's naturally what most players are going to, to do and think as they play the game. And so, like, it makes for a natural, like, first run through on the game. So if you're if you're interested in just kind of checking it out, but you don't want to, like, spend a lot of time trying to figure out all the different, like, places and the areas and explore and to find, actually find the effects yourself. His, I thought, was a really cool uh, run through on what the game is all about. Absolutely, absolutely.
2: And once again, it is completely free on play as a Japanese and English side. So mm-hmm. you've got nothing to lose as long as you can figure out how to get the game running.
0: Actually, something else though that I've been playing and that i i showed to you guys uh just before the show i've been playing a lot of of this just for funsies there's a game that you may or may not know uh it's actually like it's got a good amount of notoriety the realm of free japanese rpgs called the witch's house the witch's house is i think it was made in uh, rpg maker 2003 it has some pretty dang good looking assets it's a really pretty 16-bit-esque game it's really cool looking i knew going in that it's a horror game but i didn't know like what kind of game it was and uh, we'll be talk we'll talk about this this other thing in a minute but like recently because there are not enough of the Japanese like 16-bit horror games being released in the states we have a cool one coming up that we want to share with everybody but I was kind of like checking out the witch's house because I'd known it was like it's already been translated and it's been it was actually translated by somebody that we're working with for a a different project the localization is really good by VG person very talented translator Mm -hmm. it is it's a cool game the witch's house is a game where you play as this little girl Uh, you wake up in the woods and all you have in your inventory is a letter that says for you not to wander off to far in the woods and to come home you know before too late there's a sign that says you know question question uh, question marks house north out of the woods south so out of the woods sounds pretty good because i already know this is a horror game and i want to leave <laughs> i'm in the woods this is not off to a good start and uh you try to go south and they're blocked by these giant roses and there's something like sparkling in the forest there and you run over there and it's machete and you're like, all right, sharp things in this game, okay? Anyway.
1: <laughs> a 13 year old girl and a lot of sharp things.
0: I mean, obviously, you try to use the machete. You can't get through the uh, these giant roses. Okay, I get it. I'm, I have to go to the question marks <laughs> house in this game called the witch's house. I wonder whose house it is. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, you go, you go cut those down, and you go up into the into the house. I'm actually not going to go any further than that. Madness ensues. It is madness. I didn't realize how. Actually, no no no, 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 I'm sorry. The, the game that, that we'll be talking about next is the first experience that I had with 16-bit horror. That taught me how scary something can be with sprite graphics. If the audio is really good and the graphics are good, especially if the audio is good, then a 16-bit game can scare your pants off just as well as Five Nights at Freddy's game. The Witch's House is insane. Uh, we were watching the Markiplier Let's Play of it. And this is actually the first time I've watched one of his videos. And I was really, really pleasantly surprised. It was both entertaining and, again, a very good introduction to the game because he doesn't know what to do and he falls for a lot of stuff and his reactions are perfect. And he clearly understands horror games because while he's playing, recognize very quickly that the, that the audio is on point. So I, like, I'm really, I'm really loving it. I'm a, I haven't gotten that far yet. I got a little stuck on a puzzle. I'm definitely planning on, on getting back to it to try and solve it. Like, what, what were your thoughts, Brian? How did you feel about that? You haven't seen a, a lot, but you've seen some pr- some pretty good stuff in the beginning. I haven't seen a
2: lot of it, and I definitely played a lot of RPG Maker games that did come out of the four corners of the world when I was younger. And I really enjoyed the RPG Maker idea because being able to take what's kind of classically considered to be the perfect palette. A lot of people love the 16-bit generation because of what came out of it. Everything from the Sega CD and the Super Nintendo and that kind of era, those are some of the most beloved games. And people really want to help recreate that because they can see that you don't need... A vast array of graphics and really high intensity design in order to create an ideal experience. Most of the RPG Maker games I've tried previously are exactly that. They're RPGs. They want to help recapture the lightning in the bottle of things like Final Fantasy, Chrono Trigger, Earthbound to a lesser extent. So I've never experienced something like a 16-bit RPG Maker horror game. And I have to say, it's brilliant. I love the way that The Witch's House unfolds and the way that everything, for lack of a better word, is triggered as soon as something happens as soon as you realize that you have now activated that part of the game (laughs) you're fucked like and there's no other way to describe it because For people who are familiar with RPG Maker, I do just want to delve into a little bit of the nuts and bolts for a moment. You can go ahead and you can set specific tiles within the game to have events that occur. And it doesn't have to be a singular event. It can be multiple things that all stack at once. For example, one of the first deaths that Markiplier has within the game (laughs) is three amazing things that all happen at once. The first is there is immediately a sound change. The second is that various elements within the game all start changing at once. And the third is
0: various elements. You're talking about graphical elements that move.
2: Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I'm talking about graphical elements within the room that he's in. So there's the sound change, there's the graphics change. And then for lack of a better term, there's an atmospheric change that immediately happens. I, Mm. I don't know if you noticed this, but the door vanishes. Like oh, I didn't it, notice that. Yeah, yeah. It's a split second moment because you're you're not focused on that. You're focusing on that second point, the yes. very the very sudden <laughs> graphic change. The door vanishes. And all three of those things work together in a perfect storm where this man he didn't have time to be scared for that
0: one. <laughs> yeah. For that one. Yeah. His face was perfect. It was so genuine. He, well, he started
1: yeah. screaming right after it happened. Oh yeah, so, after it happened. Yeah, oh, after, yeah after, after it happened, happened. Not when it happened.
0: While so. it wait, while it was happening, you could see is like his mouth is just gaping open. Yeah. He's just like,
2: yeah. uh, "What am I? Am I allowed to scream?" <laughs> like, <laughs> Win, lose, or draw. The community introduced him to this game, and from the looks of things, he underestimated it. And I mean, that's one thing that is also appealing about these is that people underestimate it. I've gotten really like. What was he it? He
0: underestimated it for about five seconds. Though. Yeah, and then he as realized... As soon as he hit his first death, he actually got it already. Yeah, He was like, wow... This game is, like this creator was in control. This yep. creator knows what they're doing. Like he doesn't use those words, but he it's it's clear that he uh, he understands that there's like there's intention behind this, that there's like somebody clever has his character's life in their hands.
2: Absolutely. As weird as it sounds, Witch's House reminds me a little bit of an independent horror movie from some years back. Has anyone ever seen Cube? Yes.
0: Oh dude, are you kidding me? That's one of my favorite movies of all time. Really? I'm, of all time? Even, of all time. I love that movie. Oh my god. The cube first one's and, amazing. Dude, Cube Squared Hypercube. <laughs> it's not cute, okay. too. Do not dare call it cute.
2: I didn't say shit. No. Do
0: not. I, just, I cannot allow that in this house. It's not even my house. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yes. no,
2: no, no. That's what it reminded me of. Like just the idea that with every room you walk into, I was convinced that when you walk into a room, a room that appeared safe was purposely trying to make you feel that it was safe,
0: which in and of itself was dangerous. There are tons of times in the witch's house where they purposely don't do that thing that seems like it's going to kill you. Yep. And then they do it at like like seconds later when you try to walk away or something.
2: Absolutely. absolutely. Or when you
0: do that other thing that's like... Like it seems like it's gonna be safe. Yeah, the
2: first puzzle that Markiplier hits, you know, that was
0: that was super obvious.
2: Yeah, he immediately, they go for it that time. Yeah, he immediately figures it out. He does the puzzle. He steps outside the door. Nothing happens. Yeah, the next door, cheap jump scare, <laughs> Chee- very cheap jump scare. He's like, yeah. ah, ah, uh, okay. Two more steps, murder on wheels, just bearing down on him. And I'm surprised because he actually managed to evade death that time, and you did not. I did not. You did I, not. I died
0: a horrible death. You
2: died a horrible death, I and it died, was I've died tons of horrible enjoyable. deaths in that yes.
0: game. I've actually tried to die every time that you can die in that game. I missed one. I made a mistake and solved a puzzle the first time. Uh, oh, sorry. you fool. I know. Why did she do that? I don't know. I just wanted to die. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, now, see, how this goes with his depression. <laughs> Thank you.
0: Thank you. The, the real game over is winning.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's time to pull back the curtain. Dan, this isn't a podcast. This is an intervention.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, like, a big part of the fun in this game is finding all of the cool ways you can die. Absolutely. They're
2: absolutely. really clever with
0: it. I'll actually, this is not like, uh, this one's not like that exciting. And it wasn't like, it wasn't insanely fun, but I thought it was kind of clever how thorough they were. So I'm going to go ahead and say this one, uh, even though it's like minor, a minor spoiler. There's a pot of soup in the game uh, in in a skull, and you can eat it if you want. And they're like, do you want to eat the soup? And I'm like, F it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, are you sure? <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is amazing. And, and then I'm like,
0: uh... <laughs> I've, I've backed off like a, a couple of decibels from F it yeah, <laughs> yeah <right. laughs> and then like gradually I kind of work myself back up there and I'm like F it yeah and I I I click on yes and she eats the soup like the the screen like blurs and starts for a second I'm like okay that wasn't so bad and it's like you're poisoned I'm like oh god <laughs> I walk and I'm like it does like that flash thing in JRPGs when like you're poisoned Yeah. That, uh, and I'm yeah. like um, do I have an antidote in my inventory <laughs> or maybe like a cure potion or something and like uh I, I'm like I know I don't Of course I don't I take like two more steps And then I fall on the ground And I die You came over <laughs> like, <laughs> Now like That's actually one of the Least surprising ones Because you're like This is soup In a freaking skull But like They're really thorough Like there are surprises When there should be surprises And there are not surprises In other places And it's like Because they're playing both sides It's hard to parse out Which is which Right That can lead to surprises When you uh, When you otherwise Might not have them and So you, it really keeps you on your t- um, Why don't we Jump into to, Into the main topic For the night I will let you Lead on this one because uh you finished the game several times whereas i've gotten i don't know i would say 30 percent through it all right i will absolutely make sure that i keep this as
2: spoiler free as i can i'm going to try to use you as a gauge to how far you are in the game because it is quite the trip this is actually a game that we're going to be bringing to playism in the near future and i'm debugging it right now which is one of the reasons that i play it so thoroughly it is an rpg maker game with the simple title of Memento.
0: Memento is another 16-bit game. It's a it's a horror game. One of the reasons that that when I when I saw this game that I immediately latched onto it and wanted to work with the creator was there were a number of these kinds of games back in the day in Japan that did not come to the West. A person might say, well, what about Banshee's Cry? But I I really feel like that uh, in Japanese, that's Kamaitachi no Yoru. It's not straight horror. There's a significant element of mystery and of like adventure. And it's not just straight horror. It's not like, welcome to the game, I don't die. It, it's very different, right? It's this. It's a very different genre from what Kamaitachi no Yoru was. There were like several of these that came out in Japan, but to my knowledge, uh, they haven't come out in the West. There's a lively scene in Japan for these games. I really want to see some of these like excellent games get released in the West. I want to see like people enjoy them. And I want to see the, the creators, you know, be able to focus more their energies on on this kind of development and bringing these kinds of awesome stories and experiences to the West. I'll, I'll go ahead and let I'll let you uh, give a, like a quick rundown of, of what Memento is all about. So with Memento, it is
2: again as we said the uh, JRPG horror game. You play the role of one Japanese high school student from an all girls Catholic school who is visiting an island that has a museum on it commemorates some involvement. It doesn't specifically say witch war, but it is heavily implied and inferred that it is world war ii right. and you go to visit there and your headmistress is a former student of the school now teacher she is very uncomfortable on this island she's acting unusually brisk and kind of gruff No one's really sure why. Uh, One girl speculates that she's just an old hag, as (laughs) is her want. (laughs) After some initial exploration of the island, you do find yourself getting a little sleepy. You pass out, you wake up, and to quote Newsies, that's when it all changed. Everything is very different now on the island when you wake up. You can't find anybody. The ocean has dried. Everything is trying to kill you, which is basically the best way I can
0: put it. You said you weren't going to spoil anything. I didn't know the ocean dried. If you walk out the door and look to the right, there's no ocean. I don't know that I walked out the door. If you go out... I went out that other way. If like, you
2: go out the other way and then backtrack like you have to do because you need to check everything for debug text.
0: Oh, right. Yeah, you are, yeah. <laughs> you're actually working. Sorry.
2: No, no, it's cool. It's cool. No, and it's not like it's a big thing. It's not like later you're going to find out, and that was the day there was no more ocean. Like, that's not <laughs> that's not the great twist. No, I mean, it's supposed to be for atmosphere. Yes, Exactly right. Yeah, and that's yeah, basically yeah. it. You know the, and spoilers you're
1: a jerk <laughs> yes because dan hates spoilers and i did, <laughs> oh yeah wait
2: that's dan and we'll basically leave it at that as far as following the plot as it goes forward but essentially you as the high school girl now in this drastically changed landscape has to figure out what's going on uh, to a lesser extent, where are you? Because it feels like you're still on the same island, but things are certainly different. And basically, what are you going to do next? How are you going to progress things? And as the story unfolds, the first half of the game is scary as hell. I mean, it's got... Some of the worst jump scares I've had and some of the worst needing to navigate that I ever have. And there's always an ominous feeling. Like, from the beginning
0: to the end, even when you get to the ending, there's still that ominous feeling. What really hooked me was, it was very early on. It was actually the first scary encounter. I didn't fail it the first time. I didn't fail that encounter. I, I did fail it, but I didn't. I fell down from a bridge, and I was on this beach by a river, and, like, ran around, and then I died to some other enemies. And that reset me to a save point before this process. First main encounter and when i redid it i didn't fall off the bridge mm-hmm. yep, yep which led me to a different area and from that i understood wow like this game like at, at that point it was something of a guess but like i felt strongly that if a designer is going to put in a branching path of this nature mm-hmm. with this kind of impact this early on in the game then surely there are going to be Some other like uh, significant and like uh, meaningful ones uh, Like later on in the game And that they're all going to be really interesting And that it'll have some really cool replay value for that So I actually don't know what happens If you fall off and survive Which is totally possible to do But I, the second time I did not fall off and I survived So I ended up proceeding along a different route And so I found totally different stuff So when I remember when you and I were talking about this game In the early days of you uh, starting the debug You were describing some stuff that happened And I was like, what game are you playing? Because that's not what I
2: did (laughs) Because that was the second major encounter you found one way out of it i found a different way and these led on totally separate paths and
0: eventually these paths do rejoin and when they rejoin actually then you solved it a, co- a totally different way from yep, i did
2: absolutely and to so that
0: point where it, they joined actually then it split off almost yeah. immediately again
2: now it's important to note that you can actually go through memento mm-hmm. from start to finish if you know what you're doing You can get all the way to one ending in fifteen minutes. You can get real? Yes. You can if you know what you're doing, you can hit the first ending in 15 minutes. Now, having said that, this is a classic Japanese example of multiple endings in an RPG, more of a visual novel feel, because it is the bad ending. And it is (laughs) the worst ending. It's so interesting and exciting to experience, but it also has the most hopeless aspect God. of it no oh, God. and i want to that tell you about it because <laughs> but i really i don't want to spoil it for you because it does no, that, convey a sense of hopelessness
0: no that sounds honestly that sounds great to me for like a for a horror game i don't know that's that's actually like part of what i want out of a game like this i, I want to feel like that against all odds if i get the good ending and then against all odds i survived yeah and like i i like that kind of hopelessness i mean i'm playing bloodborne right now i'm trying to get my platinum finally and i'm close <coughs> real close i want I to say there are very few games that are as, as hopeless and as like dark and as like lonely as like Souls and Bloodborne and stuff like that. Uh, ah yeah, like the yeah, From yeah. Software games are insanely lonely. It's you against everything. There is no light at the end of any tunnel. There aren't even tunnels. You're just in a hole. <laughs> Do you, um, have you ever seen the movie Donnie Darko? Yeah, of course. Okay, okay. A number of times. I've actually seen multiple editions and I read the philosophy of time travel. And yep, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Really quick director's cut or theatrical cut. That's a trick question because if you haven't read the philosophy of time travel, then either one makes sense. Philosophy of time travel changes everything. If you've read that, then you see the entire story in a different light it but, becomes it becomes a superhero story
2: but the philosophy of time travel still doesn't excuse the fireworks that were intermittently <laughs> shoved into the director's cut
0: I, i'm a big fan of the uh, of the theatrical edition if you've read The extra material, but I'm not a big fan of the extra material not being in the movie.
2: I understand what you're saying.
0: Like, a movie is a movie. You should watch it and understand what the story is. Mm -hmm. I don't, for example, want to read Catcher in the Rye and then have to read a supplementary, like, poem about it in order to understand Right, right, right.
2: The reason that I reference this is that there's always a moment in Memento that actually stands out to me because it exemplifies what one of the characters in Donnie Darko says. They're talking about their dog that ran away from home. Yeah. And then later on, they found it dead under the porch. Right. And they mention it's because he knew he was dying, and all living things die alone. And that is what the bad ending, the first oh, bad what ending. That's how it makes you feel. Oh, that's my. how it makes me feel. Oh, wow! It's so like, woo! Yeah, and Let's that, play. And that's <laughs> and that's the first one. There are five distinct endings to this game and i don't mean a game over screen when you get your ass smashed because that will happen if you can play this game yeah. without referencing it start to finish and not die you either made the game or you are way too intuitive about the most depressing world war ii story i've seen since grave of the fireflies that's saying a lot grave of the fireflies is pretty intense
0: you want to see some man tears put that movie on let's sit down
2: Now, nah, man <laughs> Shiro, our resident steam monkey who sits next to me in the office uh she had the misfortune of looking over my shoulder when i was experiencing the good ending and she almost started crying
0: wow yeah i remember also you sent kind of footage of something and she was like traumatized for the rest of the day
2: uh that was
1: (laughs) which happens that is
2: arguably the biggest jump scare in the game that will absolutely kill you. You like <laughs> due to the pixel placement, yeah. you cannot, I can't imagine anyone who wouldn't die the first time.
1: That sounds good. Word. That sounds great. That, that, sounds, that sounds really interesting.
2: It's, it's really interesting. Again, five separate endings, a completely innovative story that takes a hard right turn yeah. about, I'm going to say probably about 65% through the game. Like mm. you start to kind of go there and then all of a sudden it's just bank and mm. everything starts to unfold before you. There is one part There's a numeric sequence in the game that is not explained, that is never explained, but you can, basically, if you look at what's going on around you, you can guess what the numeric sequence is. No kidding. Yes. And actually- So uh, I haven't
0: hit that. You know where I am. I haven't hit that. I know
2: where you are. You haven't hit that yet. I think, Bart, you might remember this because that was the day in the office that I was just sitting there and I just said, oh shit, because that's exactly what I thought. When I realized that was the combination, well,
0: because you figured it out, or I figured it out, yeah. and it's man, I know God damn it, <laughs> I can't spoil this for you, I don't, can't, don't, yes, don't. I will. I will play the game. Um, hopefully, hopefully the listeners will be will be checking it out when we when we've released it too. So. Absolutely, absolutely. We're actually um,
2: not to uh, pull back the curtain too hard, but we are going through the second round of debug right now. We're Which actually
0: gets us quite close. It doesn't take that many rounds of debugging no, to no, no, get no. through. It does take a significant amount of time because each round of debugging, when you when you translate the game to do it really well, like it's not just the work of getting the game into the new language. That's just the first part of it. You translate the game. You want to get a separate, like a totally different person. You need somebody who's a really good writer to edit the text and just to proof it, to check it, to adjust things the way that is going to make it feel natural, going to make it feel right. Going to do the characters the best justice, the world, the atmosphere, the, the game, the story, and the target culture the best justice. That's actually the easy part. From there, anything can happen because you've got all the different technical issues that can occur when all of the, the new text is plugged into the game. Just about every creator has a different way of doing it. Just about every game has a different way of handling the files. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you see some patterns. Maybe it draws up the text from an excel file maybe the text is plugged into like a thousand different notepad files so yeah there's some patterns on how people try to do this how they get it to work for their game but like almost anything can happen once you finish the actual translation the good part
2: is is where we are right now it's really it's nitpicking this point we're looking for floating commas we're looking for missing punctuation we're looking for any kind of inconsistencies I like to make sure that sentences don't end in prepositions like it's really (laughs) it's really no no it's really it's really based on the game like I think the average player could pick it up and go with it right now but again mm. but you want
0: you wanted it to be as close as perfect as possible Absolutely. because the game is really great and you want a person to play the game and, and forget that they're sitting at their desk you know they have some homework that they're supposed to be doing or you know that they're that there's the rest of the world out there that is that is doing stuff. You want it to be the same way as in a book, like when I'm reading a novel and I find like a typo or a spelling mistake or something goofy like that. It takes me completely out of the world. I remember like now I see the paper again. Now I see ink. Like I don't want to see words. I want to be lost in my own head like enjoying the scenery and and watching this world happen in front of me. But mistakes like that really pull you out of everything. So yeah, actually like we we are actually on the second round of debugging, which is pretty exciting. That gets us pretty close. We're just kind of like fixing nuances and should have some pretty fun stuff for everybody pretty soon.
2: So you're hopefully going to be able to see Memento coming from Playism very soon. Uh, Yume Nikki is available right now on the website either in English or in Japanese, whatever your flavor is. And as for Witch's House, uh, any suggestions there, Dan?
0: Yeah, I mean, if you just Google it, there are a number of different places to get it from. But yeah, Google will bring it up. It's it's pretty well known. It's a, yeah, it is a uh, an, an RPG Maker file, and you'll need RPG Maker 2003 runtime protocols in order to run it. But yeah, Google Google should bring you the uh, results that you need to find that.
2: Yeah, we realize that there are some issues with some of the older uh, RPG maker games running on Windows 10. So if you're doing that I don't have any direct suggestions. I'm sure the yeah, internet does. Yeah, there might does. be answers for on the internet,
0: yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, it's not on Steam yet, so there's no. not, like, a, a universal solution for all of this stuff. We're working on it. We'll figure something out. Some cool stuff to look forward to. A lot of fun stuff to mess with right now. They're actually, that only scratches the surface of some of the stuff I've been kind of checking out recently. I'm really impressed with the breadth and the depth of the horror game scene in Japan. There's, mm-hmm. like, a lot of really creative and unusual, unique games being made. And a number of them are free, and unfortunately, not all of them are in English. But there's some really cool stuff out there that, you know, I've I've known about, like, I've known about some of them for some time, but uh, I hadn't gotten a chance to play them. Finally, like, working through that backlog and learning a lot of stuff. And yeah, hopefully, you know, we may have some some exciting stuff to share with you uh, through Playism. And if not, then we'll have some cool stuff to at least talk about on Jplay and we can give you some places to look at in order to get involved in checking these cool things out. We'll
2: be seeing what we're talking about for the next session uh, when Nyan returns. From the Great White North.
0: Yeah, there should be some cool stories, I'm, I'm hoping. Kind of wish I was there for that. I wish I was going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, San Francisco is nice. I love it there. And it sounds like a great event. I know there's some really killer games getting shown. That'll be really exciting to hear his stories when he comes back. So
2: thank you again for listening to this episode of the J Play Podcast. If you want to keep up with Playism online, of course, you can check us out over at playism-games.com. Our Twitter account, as always, is playismen. That's P-L-A-Y-I-S-M-E-N. And we're on Facebook. Is just facebook.com slash playism.
0: And you can catch me over on Twitter at DNA Noodle. And if you're missing Nyan like I am, oh dear, I'm missing him. You can catch him at The Trin, T H uh, E A T R I N. Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next time. This was J Play, the Playism Podcast.
1: Hi everyone, name is Bart and I'm the guy that lurks in the shadows. Always somewhere in the background, J Jplay podcast sound engineer. If you would like to follow me, please don't, because that is not a good reason to come to Japan in the first place.